Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how He truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey everyone, this is Carla Swanigan. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Today on the show, we're going to be reading from John chapter 9. We're going to be talking all about scandalous grace and the topic of relationship and not religion. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation today. If you've never heard of that translation, it's super awesome. It's a great way to um, really get into the Word and just kind of get set on fire for reading the Bible again. I do all my study usually out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible, but this Passion Translation is really awesome for just reading the Bible for yourself and, like I said, falling in love with it again, getting passionate about it. So you can Google that. You can find it online. It's just a great little way to read the Word. So if you have your Bibles or the Bible app on your phone or you just want to join in with us, we're going to be reading, like I said, from John chapter 9. And this is the story about Jesus healing the man that was born blind. So we're going to start in verse 1 of John chapter 9. Afterward, as Jesus walked down the street, he noticed a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Teacher, whose sin caused this guy's blindness, his own or the sin of his parents? Jesus answered, Neither. It happened to him so that you could watch him experience God's miracle. And so I love that so much because it says Jesus noticed the man. This poor man had been blind since birth and Jesus noticed him. The blind man didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to earn his healing. He didn't have to cry out for attention. Jesus just noticed him. And what that reminds me and what I want to remind everybody listening today is it's not about us. It's not about what we did or didn't do to deserve his attention. It's his love. It's his healing. It's all about who Jesus is and what he did. It's all about the scandalous grace of Jesus. And when I looked up grace, um, it defines it as the free, unmerited, undeserved favor or blessing of God. And I just love that because, you know, really none of us deserve anything. It's all about him. Okay, so let's look back at John chapter 9 and verse 2. The disciples asked Jesus, whose sin caused this blindness, him or his parents? And we've all been guilty of the same thing, right? We've all probably done that. We see someone in a bad situation or in a bad circumstance, and we think to ourselves, hmm, I wonder what they did to deserve that. Oh, don't act all holy on me. I know you guys listening have done that before. We've all done it. Um, One of my favorite stories I've heard about this subject is a story about Dr. Stephen Covey that he tells. He got on a subway one night, and I'm just going to paraphrase because I'm sure I'm not remembering it exactly right. But he got on a subway one night, And he was tired. He'd been in a conference, and he was heading home, and he was just really exhausted. And at one of the stops, a man and his three kids got on the subway with him, and they sat down, and the man was totally tuned out, but the kids were acting wild and crazy. And they were like little kids, you know, like under the age of six. And they were bouncing off the walls, basically, in the subway car. They were all over the place, really unruly, um, just being loud and obnoxious. And it was, you could tell, It was offending everyone, and people were getting irritated on the subway. And Dr. Covey kept thinking to himself, why isn't this guy doing anything about these kids and the way they're acting? Like, he's totally tuned out. 
he's checked out. He's not paying attention. You know, this is getting out of hand. So finally, after a few minutes of this and several several eye rolls, I'm sure, by the other people on the subway car, Dr. Covey just leans over to him and is like, hey, mister, you really need to get a hold of your kids. You need to pay attention to what's going on with them. You know, they're acting out, and you need to get a hold of them. And the man looks at Dr. Covey, and he says to him, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. We just came from the hospital. My wife's been really sick, and she just passed away tonight. And Dr. Covey said it just broke his heart when he looked into the grief in this man's face and saw the heartbreak and the sorrow that this man must be going through. And of course he's not going to be paying attention to his kids. Of course he's going to be distracted. Of course he's going to be checked out. He is totally grieving the loss of his wife, you know? And so I think that's a good reminder for all of us to not harden our heart towards people. You know, we don't know what they've, they're going through. We don't know what they've just been through. We have no idea what's going on that could cause their situation to appear to us from our perspective the way that it does. I recently read a quote by Diane Stone that says it's easy to justify a casual attitude about pain and suffering when we equate it as something that was deserved. And that just stung me when I heard it. I was like, oh God, how many times have I done that? How many times have I made assumptions? How many times have I hardened my heart about somebody else's pain and suffering because I think they deserve it? So let's not make assumptions or judgments about people. We have no idea what would have brought them to that place. I feel like that's religion talking when we start saying whether or not someone deserves something or what they don't deserve. I mean, let's not be religious. Instead, let's be like Jesus and extend that free grace. Lord knows God has extended so much grace and mercy to us all. None of us deserve anything. And yet he gives it all to us because he's so good. It's all about Jesus, you guys. So let's go back to our text in John chapter 9. We're going to pick back up in verses 6 and 7. Then Jesus spat on the ground and made some clay with his saliva. Then he anointed the blind man's eyes with the clay, and he said to the blind man, Now go and wash the clay from your eyes in the ritual pool of Siloam. So he went and washed his face, and as he came back, he could see for the first time in his life. So here's this amazing miracle. And what's really cool is in those days, people believed that blindness was caused by a curse. So, um, I mean, I don't know if this has ever affected you in your life, especially like in your prayer life, if if, um, you're having somebody pray for you. I know in my own situation, I've been dealing with back pain, lower back pain most of my life, and it's, it's a degenerative disc disease that I have. And So when I go to church, I get prayer a lot from people that are willing to pray for me and just believe with me for God to heal my back. And there's been a few times that people that are praying for me will say things like, oh, well, you know, I've heard that if you have back pain, that you have unforgiveness in your life. And I'm like, what? No, like I have a degenerative disc disease in my body. I, um, I don't think that's what's causing it. But, you know, for years, I was totally distracted by that, and it kind of got me off course, and I was, like, praying to forgive people that I didn't even know. Like, I was always like, oh, God, I forgive everybody. I just want my back healed. And what I think that sometimes we need to be careful of is that even those of us in the church, we can make a religious assumption about something or about somebody's situation. So I just think that's something else that we can all watch for because, you know, here's the truth. Jesus took all of our curses and infirmities on the cross. And as far as I'm concerned and in my opinion, that means that everyone gets healed. Everyone. Not because of us, 
but because of the grace of Jesus. So back to our story of the blind man and John. People thought he was cursed because he was blind. So what was common in their culture is they would spit as they walked by him. It was a common practice. It was a shine to show their disgust and to signify that they were acknowledging that he was cursed. It was really them announcing their judgment on this blind man. But then here comes Jesus. He notices the blind man. He walks up to him. And the way that he heals him is he spits on the ground. Only this time when the man hears that sound, that spitting sound he's heard his whole life, it's not for his judgment. It's not for accusation. It's not for condemnation. It's not another self-righteous judgment towards him. No, this time it's the sound of the healer. It's the sound of his miracle about to happen. And isn't it just like Jesus to use the very thing that the enemy used to hurt him over and over his entire life? Isn't it just like our merciful and kind Jesus to use that very thing the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good? I mean, he could have healed him in all kinds of ways. He could have laid his hands on him and say, be healed. Um, He could have done all kinds of things. But he chose to spit on the ground and use the clay and rub that on his eyes. When he did that, he was removing the stigma. He was removing the lies repeatedly spoken over this man. He was breaking off judgment and accusation from this day forward, forever causing a new sound to be associated with that. What the enemy had used over and over in his life to hurt him and accuse him was the very same way that the Lord came in and healed him and set him free and delivered him from his bondage. It's that grace again, you guys. It's his grace that never ceases to amaze me. Genesis 50 verse 20 tells us that what the enemy meant for evil against us, the Lord uses it. He turns it and he uses it for good. And that's true for all of us. Sometimes God will use the very thing that hurt us the most, that causes us the most heartache and pain. He will use that very thing to heal us. He'll use that very thing that hurt you, wounded you, that thing that offended you. He'll use that and he'll mix it with himself, the healer, the grace giver to bring you healing and freedom, to bring you your miracle. Okay, so let's pick back up in our text in John chapter 9. We're going to skip ahead to verse 13. The blind man's been healed, and all the people in the community are amazed and astounded at this awesome miracle. But now here come the Pharisees, the religious leaders. So we're going to pick up in verse 13. So the people marched him over to the separated ones to speak with them. They were concerned because the miracle Jesus performed happened on a Sabbath day, a day that no one is allowed to work. Then the separated ones, the Pharisees, asked the man, how did you have your sight restored? He replied, a man anointed my eyes with clay, then I washed, and now I can see for the first time in my life. Then an argument broke out among the Pharisees over the healing of the blind man on the Sabbath. Some said, this man who performed this healing is clearly not from God. He doesn't even observe the Sabbath. Others said, if Jesus is just an ordinary sinner, how could he perform a miracle like that? So Webster's defines the word scandalous as this, causing general public outrage by a perceived offense against morality or law. So here's what's happened in this passage, you guys. Jesus just done this amazing miracle, healing a man that's been blind since birth. And instead of rejoicing, Instead of being happy and excited and thankful, these religious leaders are only worried about the law. The religious ones consider what Jesus had done to be scandalous. 
And actually, these were rabbinical laws. These were man-made laws, things considered by man to be work on the Sabbath. The law was there to point to the need for Jesus, to point to the need for grace. And he was right there in front of them, and they couldn't see it. They were the blind ones. Do you see the irony in this passage? He healed an actually physically blind man, but the ones with their physical sight were the ones that were really blind. And the study notes from this portion of scripture say this, traditions and superficial knowledge of the Bible can actually blind our hearts if we do not believe in Jesus above all other religious dogmas. Many of those who knew the scriptures refused to believe. And in a nutshell, here's what I want to say about that, you guys. Reading the Bible is good, but it's not what it's all about. Knowing the commandments and all the rules is really good, but it's not what it's all about. You have to know Jesus, you guys. You have to be an authentic, intimate relationship with him. You know, I'll give you a like everyday applicable story that kind of goes along with this, if, if that'll help. Let's say that, um, you know, I'm a believer, I'm walking with Jesus, I'm a Christian, and I go to somebody's wedding, and I have way too much to drink. You know, instead of having one glass of wine, I have like three glasses of wine, and I end up getting drunk. And so I call one of my girlfriends, because I don't want to drive drunk, and I'm like, hey, Rachel, um, I'm at this wedding, I accidentally had too much to drink, having a little too much fun, having a good time, I got a little carried away, I don't want to drink and drive, so um, can you come pick me up? And Rachel's like, um, no, Carla, I cannot come and get you because the Bible says do not be drunk on wine. And I'm like, what? I mean, do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? She would rather let me drive drunk than participate in coming to get me because it breaks the law of having too much to drink, you know? That's putting the law above love, and that's never how Jesus rolled. That's never what he did. In my favorite pregame NFL Monday Night Football show words, come on, man, are you serious? Give me a break. That's ridiculous. Let's don't be religious, you guys. Let's not let the rules and laws and customs of our Christianity get in the way of us loving and caring for people. Because here's what's up. When we do that, we have missed the heart of the gospel entirely. Jesus said this, follow me. And Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 to be imitators of God, to walk in love as Christ loved us. Finally, let's close by reading the end of chapter 9 of John. Let's pick back up at John chapter 9, verse 24. And this is where the religious leaders are now grilling this poor, blind man that's been healed. They're totally grilling him. They've grilled his parents, and now they're grilling him. So we're going to start in verse 24. So once again, they summoned the man who was healed of blindness and said to him, Swear to God to tell us the truth. We know the man who healed you is a sinful man. Do you agree? And the healed man replied, I have no idea what kind of a man he is. All I know is that I was blind, and now I can see for the first time in my life. But what did he do to you? They asked. How did he heal you? The man responded, I told you once and you didn't listen to me. Why do you make me repeat it? Are you wanting to be his followers too? This angered the Jewish leaders. They heaped insults on him. We can tell that you are one of his followers. And now we know it. We are true followers of Moses. 
For we know that God spoke to Moses directly. But as for this one, we don't know where he's coming from. Well, what a surprise this is, the healed man said. You don't even know where he comes from, but he healed my eyes and now I can see. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but only to godly people who do his will. Yet who has ever heard of a healed heard of a man born blind that was healed and given back his eyesight? I tell you, if this man isn't from God, he wouldn't be able to heal me like he has. Some of the Jewish leaders were enraged and said, just who do you think you are to lecture us? You were born a blind, filthy sinner. So they threw the man out on the street. And I just want to say, like, isn't that so typical, the whole who do you think you are spiel? We're going to talk about that next week in our next episode. We're going to get into the whole who do you think you are at the voice of shame and guilt. So be sure and join us back here next week. And I just want to remind you of a few things as we uh, come to a close and before I pray for you guys. You know, I think it's so important to to remember, if you don't hear anything else I say today, to remember above all else, it's all about love. It's about relationship, not religion. You know, Jesus didn't die on the cross. He didn't come to earth for us to rescue us and go through everything he had to go through on the cross and die and be risen again. He didn't do all that for religion, you guys. He didn't do all that so that we could follow a bunch of rules. He did all that because he loves us and he wanted to restore relationship with us between us and the Father. He died for relationship. He died for restoration. He died for redemption. He didn't die for religion. He just didn't. And so I encourage you so much when, you know, if like me, you find yourself some days slipping into that little religion groove and judging people or making assumptions and not seeing people from the eyes of love or from God's perspective, just take a minute, calm yourself and say, wait a minute, God, how do you see them? How can I pray about their situation? What do you say about this God? How can I be Christ-like to this person right now? You know, we've all heard that little phrase, what would Jesus do? You know, almost to the point that we joke about it and it's not used anymore. But the reason that things become sayings is because they're true. And so, like, really, we do need to ask ourselves, how would God want us to share his heart right now? How would Jesus want us to represent him in this situation and in this circumstance and to these people? And again, I just want to remind you, as believers, if you call yourself a Christ follower, let's not let the rules and laws and customs of our Christianity get in the way of us loving and caring for people. When we do that, we've missed the heart of the gospel entirely. And we do want to be imitators of God. We want to walk in love as Christ loved us. And so I hope that you'll join us again next week when we talk about silencing the voice of shame and guilt. And right now, I'm going to pray for you before we go. But before I do that, I want to tell you about something really cool that I'm going to get to be a part of really soon. It's called the Darling Retreat. From time to time, every woman needs to get away to be refreshed, to experience revival within, and most importantly, to be reminded that she's God's darling. And that's why I've teamed up with the Darling Retreat hosted by Saturday Night Supper Club to help women tend their souls while spending time away with God. Women need this, and we know it. So they've created a weekend getaway to come away. As God's daughters, we are the apple of his eye. God wants us to go deeper with him. 
In fact, he longs for us to linger with him, leaving our world of cares behind for just a while. As his daughter, he wants us to always remember to live and love in grace. This unforgettable weekend will be filled with an outpouring of the Father's love and promises reminding you that you are his darling. And it's open to all ladies. The Darling Retreat will be August the 18th through the 20th at the Charter Resort in Beaver Creek. And you guys, I've been to this place, and it is amazing. Ladies, they have a spa. They have great restaurants. I mean, it's gorgeous. Totally set up in the hills, the mountains, in Vail. It's just stunning. So you can find out more information and register on my homepage, carlaswanigan.com. And you'll find a link to the event and all kinds of information about that. And um, I just want to remind you, if you want to contact us about the show, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. And that's Carla with the K, you guys. And if you're interested in um, booking me for a speaking engagement for your event or your retreat or to do ministry at your church, you can also find all the information about that on my website, carlaswanigan.com. And I would love it if you would follow me on Facebook at Carla Swanigan Ministries or on Twitter and Instagram. And I also have a podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play Music. And, you know, our website has links to all of that. So we would love it if you would connect with us again at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. If you want to email us about the show, I would really love to hear from you and, um, just partner with you in prayer and what God's doing in your life. And um, I'm thankful that you're joining us this week. And so now as we close, I just want to pray over you and just bless you for this week. So Father God, thank you so much for everybody that tuned in today. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to um, share your heart with them, Lord, and share your love. And Father, I just pray right now for everyone listening God, I pray that you just meet them right where they're at. I pray, God, that that you would speak to them your truth. I pray that where there have been religious um, bondages, religious thoughts, and religious perspectives, God, that you would just break all of those off and you would release your truth and your love and your heart in its place. God, I pray for people that are listening to this that might have been wounded by religion. Lord, I pray that you would just go into the deep places of their heart and meet them there and bring your healing balm. God, I bring, I pray that you would bring your comfort. I pray that you would let them know that you understand right where they're at. You want to meet them right where they're at and that you're so sorry that that happened. God, I pray um, just for complete healing in their heart, in their souls, and in their body. And I do pray, God, for anyone listening that has sickness in their body, Lord, I thank you that Everything that you did on the cross, you took all of our infirmities. You did it all for us, Lord, because of your scandalous grace, Jesus. So I just pray right now, Father, that for people that are dealing with any kind of sickness or infirmity in their body, that you would touch them right now, even as they're listening to this, God, that you would touch them and you would bring complete healing. Lord, I pray for miracles, signs, and wonders in their body, God. I pray that they would sense your presence. I pray that you would give them a fresh gift of faith to believe you, God to know that you are Jesus, their healer. I thank you, God, that they don't have to do anything to deserve it. It's all about your grace. And there's nothing that they can't do, Lord, or that they can do to earn your love. You love them just because they were born. You created us for relationship. 
from the very beginning in the garden, Lord, with Adam and Eve, you created us to have a relationship with you. And that's what it's all about, Lord. So I just thank you that we're going to walk in relationship with you, not religion. We're going to be covered in your love and we're going to apply the full finished work of the cross to every inch of our lives, God. And we're going to be lovers. We're going to be followers. We're going to be imitators of Christ. And we're going to remember, God, that it's all about relationship, not religion. In your mighty and holy, delivering and healing name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So thanks so much, you guys, for joining us. I hope you'll come again next week and join us for silencing the voice of guilt and shame in our lives. I'm so excited about that message. We're going to pick back up and in John chapter nine. So come be with us. And I look forward to hearing from you on our website, carlaswanigan.com. And also you can email us at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. I love you guys. God bless you and have a great day. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Please go to carlaswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. 